for the uh, past 10 months or so, uh, our church board, uh, made up of uh, Juan and Donna Campos, uh, Kevin and Cindy Young, Claire and I, have been meeting regularly for prayer and reflection to hear God's heart for our church and for how we as a congregation can live out uh, the narrative that God has given us as a local church. And I want to read the church narrative to you, and it just dawned on me looking at my notes that I had intended it to be on the PowerPoint, but it's not. Um, So I will read it to you, and we can hear it again. This is a statement that our board, um, almost two years ago now, prayed through for about a year to hear God's heart for how we were to do church, so to speak. The Vineyard Church is part of the great family of God seeking to become like Jesus in all things. Through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, as we experience God's great love for us, we love Him, we love one another, and we love His lost and hurting world. And to help us uh, experience and live out that uh, narrative, we began a new series in September called Following Jesus, His Life and Teaching. And as a part of this series, each week I'm providing an opportunity for you to be a participant in the series by using a handout uh, that we will give out later uh, that will be for the following week. And it gives the text as well as some questions and opportunities for you to consider and reflect and hear God. What does he want to tell you? What does he want to say to you through the text that then the following Sunday that we would be teaching from here? And I've been very, very encouraged to hear reports how many of you are doing this, that you're being helped by it. And my prayer is is that more of you Uh, more of us would uh, join in this during the week. And so, kind of an odd thing, this week we are going to look at the text about Jesus teaching at Nazareth. And yesterday, as I was preparing the teaching for this morning, I felt leading from the Holy Spirit to give us all the opportunity to practice this reading and reflecting that I'm inviting us all to participate in during the week. And I know it's going to take some time, but I sensed from the Holy Spirit that that's okay. And my following notes reflect the time that we are going to give to this. So you have a a sheet there, half sheet on the front side, has the text for this morning. We should have that up on the screen as well, Danny, please. And uh, because I'm I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to, what we're going to do is all of us are going to pause If you have done the work already this week, then this will be just another opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit to um, give you a chance to hear for this morning. What is it that he's wanting to highlight for you? And then for those of you who did not have an opportunity to spend time with the text this week, I'm going to give you time to do that this morning. And while the, the regular handout that we will be giving to you later this morning that is for the upcoming week has more questions more opportunities for reflection 
this morning just as sort of a, a taste, sort of as a summary, uh, an opportunity to practice this, I've given you just two of the questions that come from the reflection. So I'm going to read the text the first time, and if you would, just listen and hear the story of Jesus' life. And, and be thinking about what do, I, what do I learn about Jesus in this text? What I learn about Jesus and then what do I learn about the kind of life that he invites us to live? This eternal kind of life. The eternal life. The divine life that he is offering to us to live now, not just after we die. So I'm going to read the text, and then what I would encourage and invite you to do, you should have a sheet. If you need a pen, you can do that. I want you to read it on your own. I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me from this text this morning? What do you, Holy Spirit, want to highlight to me? And then as you read it, circle the word, circle the phrase that becomes highlighted to you. And then as you work your way down, you will also have the opportunity then to answer these two questions. So that's what we're going to do. It's going to probably take, probably going to give about 10 minutes to this or so. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him, and were amazed at the words about grace that came from his mouth. So if you would, take a few moments, read the text on your own, highlight those things that stand out to you, and then work through the couple of questions, and I'll bring us back to bring it together.
going to give you just a couple more minutes. I hope that gave you a taste of what perhaps you might be able to experience during the week if you have not had a chance to uh, be able to do this. Uh, they're going to, uh, as soon as I start teaching in just a moment, they're going to pass out the sheets for this coming Sunday, next Sunday. And I would hope that you might be able to find some time during the week uh, to read through the passage and consider what God might want to say to you doing it so that when you come next Sunday, you're participating and you go, hey, yeah, that's what I got out of that too, which would be really cool. Is there anybody who I've been doing uh, over these weeks is uh, inviting someone to share uh, what they, what stood out to them, what was highlighted to them and why it was meaningful to them? Um, wondering if anybody would like to do that from even what you may have just gotten this morning. I know, standing and talking in front of people is weird. I'll bring the mic to you if that's okay. You can just sit there. You don't have to stand. Just, uh, can you say who you are, maybe? Hi. Is this working? Yeah. Uh, my name's Julia. Uh, what stood out to me is just the celebrity status of Jesus when he comes back, rolls back in town. And other than that, his just devotion to getting rid of stigma when it comes to sin. Mm -hmm. You know? 
just wanting to just really all, he I mean he talks about it the the blind the oppressed the all of it but yeah just a blanket of wanting to take care of people and, and deal with of, the stuff from life yeah yeah cool thank you that's all <laughs> thank you for sharing Well, thanks for taking the minute to join me in that exercise. I, I got something, too, that was new for me. Um, what stood out for me was the statement uh, where he had been brought up. And I thought about <clears throat> how sometimes it was very difficult as a young adult, uh, both when I was in college and then after Claire and I got married, to go back home. There was stuff there from childhood family of origin, and uh, I think it was pretty cool of uh, Jesus to willing to go there and engage that. And, you know, it, it ends really well. It sounds great. Um, everybody spoke well of him, but uh, three verses later, they're ready to, they're trying to kill him for what he said. So uh, home, you know, going back home can be <clears throat> a little challenging sometimes. Anyway, that was what was hiding. Can we go ahead and pass out the sheets for next week as well? And hopefully we will uh, make it through. Let me just pray for us. Papa, thank you for your word that we're told is life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, teaching us all things through this word. And Jesus, thank you for uh, being a model for us and one who shows us the way of how to live this eternal kind of life. And would you help us now as we uh, reflect a little more on your life, Jesus, and how we too uh, can perhaps follow in your footsteps as you encourage us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so with all of the material that's uh, in that text, um, I felt leading simply to interact with just one piece of that. And perhaps, at least as I was thinking about it, the most significant thing that we can come away with from this passage <clears throat> in my opinion, is the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. When we think about Jesus' life and ministry, it's, it's easy for us to read the stories of him multiplying bread, healing, uh, delivering, casting out demons, calming storms, walking on water, as things that he was able to do on his own. Because, well, he was God. But as we've highlighted here a lot, though Jesus was fully God and fully human, the New Testament teaches us that Jesus in some way laid aside his deity and lived his life as a human, as each of us are called to live. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2. Let the same mind be in you, 
that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus lived his life as a human being who depended upon and relied upon God through the Spirit of God. Jesus had an interactive, conversational relationship with God in the same way that he invites and desires us to, to live. Notice the first words from the Isaiah passage that Jesus reads and applies to himself. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The word on here is the Greek word epi, and it means on upon or in and it can also mean with these words are similar to what john the baptist described at jesus's baptism john testified i saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him in him with But John adds a significant word, which is the Greek word meno, which means to abide, to remain, to dwell, to tarry, continue, or endure. The Spirit remained on him. The Spirit abided in him. It's the same word Jesus uses in John 15 when he says to us, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me, with me. What I'm wanting us to see from all this is that the Holy Spirit was always with Jesus. The Holy Spirit did not come and go in Jesus' life, and neither does he come and go in our lives. Here's what Jesus says in John 14 about the Spirit. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. So here Jesus is describing the very thing that happened to him at the baptism, the very thing described in this passage of the Spirit being on, in, with him is what God intends for us. Just as Jesus lived his life abiding in the Holy Spirit, abiding in God through the Holy Spirit, so we are intended to both 
experience the abiding presence of God in and with us always and for us to abide, live in him. In Acts 10, the apostle Peter, paralleling the text from today, summarizes the ministry of Jesus in this way. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Sound familiar? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I want you just to think about that. What what does it mean for us that Jesus lived his life and did what he did with God being with him? Recently, uh, I heard this language of a with God life. And I thought, that's it. Those are words I've been looking for to describe what I'm understanding eternal life to be. What I'm understanding the kingdom of God to be. What I'm understanding abiding in Christ to be. To live a with God life. Not just occasionally, not just, you know, when we're doing good, but a with God life even when life is difficult, when it's hard, when it's not going the way we want it. Jesus lived his human life in a way that human beings were created to live their lives with God in an ongoing interactive relationship. Jesus lived his life always aware of and connected to the Father through the Spirit. And that's what was broken. That's, that's a part of what was lost in the fall. Do you remember the words from the text? And I don't have it here. I'm just reminded of it at this moment. Is You know, God used to walk with them in the cool of the day. God walked with them, Adam and Eve. His presence was with them. His invitation for them to lead and to rule and to oversee the earth was to be with him. Not this separate job description where we go off and do our own. We're our own entrepreneur. No, with God. That's what we were created for. That's what we're destined for. And yet sin and brokenness has led us to live lives without God. Christianity, unlike any other religion, is a life about relationship with God. Jesus lived and invites us to live a with God life. 
at the very heart of the Christmas story, soon to be with us again, is this description. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means what? Say it out loud. God with us. Say this. Say God with me. Emmanuel, God is with me. Friends, may I suggest to you that this is good news that Jesus preached and is the good news that we are to experience that when we do, the natural outcome will be a transformation from our self-focused lives to a God-focused life and eventually will lead to our sharing of this good news with others. It'll just happen. God is not distant, away off in heaven, outside our universe somewhere. No, God is right here in the physical world where we live. And through our knowing and belief in Jesus and his message, he has taken up residence. He lives, he abides in us. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? Everywhere Jesus went, God was with him. Everything Jesus did, God did with him. Jesus did nothing except what the Spirit, what the Father was actively doing. Listen to these familiar words of Jesus about how he lived his life. When replying to some religious leaders about healing on the Sabbath, Jesus said, My Father is always working, and so am I. The word working is not so much labor, as in a job, as it is doing or action, or activity. When Jesus said, my father is always at work, he was, he was saying God is always active. He's always doing. And so am I, right alongside him. And then Jesus said, truly, truly. And you all know what, when there's two trulys, what that means? We taught a few weeks ago, uh, when Jesus says truly, truly, he's saying, pay attention. This is really something you need to get. This is one of his truly, trulys, and it means you can count on this. This is, this is the truth for you. Truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing on his own. How much can the son do on his own? Nothing. How much can we do on our own without him? We do what we do on our own. That's what we do without him. We do what we do on our own without God. Truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, the son does also. So here are some truths for us. 
The Father, Son, and Spirit are still always working. They're still always doing and active in you and around you, in me and around me. Our part, as it was for Jesus, is to learn to become aware, to live with our spiritual antennas up, learning over time to see what they are doing, to hear what they are saying. But here's the other side. Everywhere you go, God is with you. Everything you do, God is available to do it with you. Everything that happens to you, every experience, every circumstance, God is present and able to help, to join you in that, to be with you. I want to invite you to um, a reflection to help us, another one, uh, to help us uh, to continue to grow in learning to connect with God, to grow in awareness of His activity in your life, and to grow in awareness of how we can participate. How can we cooperate with God's activity? So on the back of your paper, some of you may have seen, a few more questions. I'm a questions guy. I'm a words guy. There's the uh, two passages that we just spoke of from John. And we're only going to do number one. But I, I want us to pause for a moment and to connect with God who is with you and who is with me. And I want you to ask him, and if you're comfortable with Father or Papa or speaking to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, you can pick. It's okay. They don't mind. They kind of share the role a little bit somehow. And I want you simply to quiet your heart and quiet your mind. And I want you to ask them, what is something you are doing in my life? And I want you to listen and pause. And when you've heard what you sense to be something God has spoken to you, not necessarily something you're going to hear it in your mind, but it, it can feel different than just your own thought. Then there's a second question or group of questions. Father, Jesus, Spirit, what is my part in that how can I participate with you how can I cooperate with you so I just want to give you a couple of minutes to pause and to reflect the father is always at work he's been at work in your life since before you were born but he's still at work and he's at work right now pause ask him father what are you doing in my life and how can I cooperate with you
Ben, Benjamin, would you cue up that song? Danny? Or David? This is a song of response that I hope we could have.
Jesus, you have given us life. You've exchanged our sin, our losses, our failures, our hurts for your very life. And we don't really know how to lay it all down and to offer ourselves wholly and completely unto you, but that's what I'm trying to do. And I know that's what many hear. And so we say, Holy Spirit, come. You who are always with it, with us, empower us. Give us awareness. Help us to cooperate with what you're doing in us and around us. And might we come into an awareness and understanding that you are always with us in everything we do, in every circumstance we're in, You are with us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Thanks for hanging out this morning. I hope you'll take that sheet home this week and take some time to hang out with him. Come on back next week and you can preach for me instead of me. Bless you all. Uh, perhaps this morning uh, some of you have come in with uh, hurts or challenges or difficulties. And God is with you. And one of the ways he's with us is through one another. And through the prayer and ministry of the body of Christ. And so if you've come this morning with a challenge, a hurt, a pain, a place in your life where you want to grow, uh, something that's not quite all that you wish it were, why don't you come on up? We always have people up here and would love that chance to pray with you and to invite God's kingdom, his realm, his eternal life to come and be poured out upon you. So have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next week. Please uh, help us out with the Christmas child stuff if you can. Check the website. See if there's some spots an evening maybe you can help next weekend. Uh, we load a truck. Is it just next weekend that we load the truck? And Wow. All right. Bless you all. Have a great week. We're here if you would like us, someone to pray with you.